Hello. Hey, this is Krish. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Snowpal's podcast. Manage your projects on pitch.snowpal.com. Be efficient, be organized and be happy. Now let's go to this podcast. In this uh, podcast, I want to talk about uh, code quality. Uh, it's another broad topic, uh, but let's see uh, how much of it I can cover or which uh, what aspects of it I can cover in this podcast. Now, code quality, what does that mean? Uh, probably it can be interpreted a few different ways. Uh, even though we all understand what it is, code quality essentially means you want to make sure that the quality of your code uh, that uh, becomes part of your code base uh, stays uh, is of the highest quality, right? So you want to maintain that code quality. Uh, but that, sure, right? That's a given. But to quantify, how do you quantify code quality? Um, we're going to have to make some assumptions as always so we understand the problem and we can uh, you know, uh, get to what I'm trying to say here. So let's say uh, you're working on a, on a node project, right? So there's a node application. Uh, it's it's uh, not terribly big, not too small either. So let's say it's it's decent sized application. And it was built over a period of time, maybe 12 to 18 months by say five to six developers, right? Give or take. These are all assumptions. Now, uh, the team, let's also assume that the team had a code review process, uh, but let's say they uh, implemented that process a few months down the road after they got started. Uh, and let's say uh, that the process has always changed and improved uh, during the course of this time, like it, it happens everywhere, right? We have a process uh, and then we get started and then we make the adjustments based on the team, team's concerns and team's interests and, and the team's uh, strengths and weaknesses as well. Now, so I'm just summarizing a traditional a team, right? A, a five to six dev a developer team. How do you, uh, what does code quality mean in the context of this team? Uh, how, how, what, how the terminology evolves and how you can make sure that your code uh, is, is prim and proper and uh, stays pristine, in pristine condition, or you fix what's not so clean and make sure it's good. That's a lot of things, but let me go back to the beginning of this, uh, what I said uh, two, three minutes ago, code quality and how do you quantify code quality? Now, forgetting the platform, the language, the framework, everything. If somebody gave you a piece of code, let's say a, a number of classes and let, let's say it's not, it's very small. Let's say they give you like two to 5,000 lines of code, right? Uh, something you can review in a, in a reasonable amount of time. How do you assess the quality of that code? Now, again, we don't want to talk languages, frameworks and whatnot, but I might take some examples if, if I don't realize that I've stated the assumption, that assumption. So the first thing is uh, you clone that repository, right? You could do these reviews, like say on GitHub or other tools. I think Atlassian has one called, is it Crucible uh, or Fisheye or one of those things, right? But, but you could do it on GitHub or you could clone and then use your editors to, to look at the code as well. If you're doing different comparing commits, then you probably can use one of these other tools. But if you're just trying to assess the quality of a code base in entirety, then you obviously want to clone that repo and then check it out. The first thing is uh, the structure, the directory structure. Now some frameworks uh, mandate a structure and enforce that uh, uh, while others don't, right? So uh, let's assume that this code base that you're reviewing is built on a framework that does not, or a platform that does not enforce this, this directory structure. 
Now there is a good and bad there, right? If it, if it were a framework that enforced the structure, then at least you know what you're looking for or where you're looking for those things. Uh, but if it's one of those other frameworks, the ones I generally like that give you all the flexibility, then it's a double-edged sword because th that uh, team could have implemented it very differently. So you need to understand how the structure is. Now that's all right. So the first thing you're going to assess is the structure, uh, how how your lib direct where your lib directory is, where it starts out, uh, what's underneath that, how many levels of hierarchy, hierarchy there are within these directories, uh, how many files there are. Just sort of a rough analysis, right? Before you look at the code itself, just saying, okay, is it 10 directories? Is it 20, 25? Is it two levels, three levels, five levels? Is it 20, 40, 50, 80, 100, 150 files, right? So that gives you just the size of that. Uh, how, however, those 5,000 lines of code are broken down into, it gives you a good sense. Now you want to make a mental note or uh, even better, use a tool like Pitch to, to help you with this analysis, right? So in any case, so you that's the first set of things you're going to look at. And once you have an idea, you now look at the, the directory names. That should tell you enough. If something is called models versus collections versus routers versus helpers versus utils, they all should hopefully mean uh, not something dramatically different from what they are stating, right? So now, okay, you you looked at those directory names and then you look at the file names. And remember, till this point, I've not actually looked at a single line of executable code. I'm just looking at the file names. and I wanna make sense out of those file names. The, the directory structure, the names of directories, and the file names should give me enough indication about what this product does. If they do, then I know that I'm looking at a pretty uh, good code base, something that was written and designed well. If I, it does not give me uh, answer all of those initial questions, then you know that there is room for improvement. And then how much room there is for improvement, we'll know as we dig deeper. So at this point, we know the structure, the names of directories and names of files. Now we're gonna start looking at the files. You wanna start with the first file, right? That defines, that is the starting point for this application. And typically that file should not be more than 10, 15, 20, maybe 50 lines uh, long. It shouldn't be more than that because all that it's the primary purpose or the sole purpose of that piece of code or that file is to kickstart your application, right? It's like sticking your key in your car and in those days or uh, pressing the button or having it in the pocket these days. Maybe it's a terrible analogy, but essentially the starting point for your application should be pretty small, right? Uh, I try to keep it under 10 lines of code. Um, and again, uh, I uh, like to see uh, more methods, more files, but fewer lines per method, per class, uh, because it's much easier to maintain. We'll get to those aspects of it at some point. So given that I don't want to see more than 10, 15, 20 lines, maybe 50 lines stops uh, in those initial files that get the app going. Now I find that file and I know that's where the app starts running. And at this point, I'm not even running the app, right? I'm, I don't even want to run it till I get a sense for this application. Then you look at, okay, sure, the app, this is the starting point for the application. What is it calling out to, right? Are there filters, controllers, uh, routes, whatever that particular platform calls it, it doesn't matter. Uh, they mean slightly different things in different platforms, but the underlying fundamental concepts are not quite, not very different from each other. So you go 
look at those initial files as starting points you look for the diff you look for the routes uh, you, you to give you a sense for okay how many different routes there are in this application that might tell you a little bit more about the pages and the dependencies uh, between the pages the routes the, the views controllers models and everything else right so the routes is, is kind of important and essential where it's defined how it's defined the syntax can change between platforms but but the notion of those routes and definitions does not change so you look at those routes uh, and uh, from what you've even looked at thus far, uh, you should have been able to tell how uh, consistent this code base is. Even though we've not looked at any real code yet except for the routes, uh, the directory naming, whether it's, it's camel case or snake case or underscores or whatever it is, right? You want to make sure that all of them are quite consistent. Uh, if they're not, then you know that, that there are some, those are items that need fixing and refactoring. Uh, but if they are consistent and if you're looking at a, a code base that thought through all of these items and define them well enough, then you should have a pretty darn good picture about what this uh, application might be doing, even without anyone telling you anything about it. I didn't have to read any documentation. I didn't have to run the application, but just by looking at these things, it gives me a pretty good picture. Um, I, I try to, I want to keep these podcasts to under 10 minutes and realize that I don't always uh, manage that. This one's just about 10 minutes. I'm going to end this one here. Uh, I'm going to follow this up in, in other podcasts because there's a lot of items I want to talk about in terms of uh, code bases and quality of code bases and how you can um, go the extra mile in making sure that you, you actually maintain that quality as your application and your needs grow. Yep. Talk to you uh, soon. Thank you.